0: Chicago, Did you not get the river. keep the, the river. Really I, oh, I you, say I did you not get the 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 the
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Bulls on Tap. That's right, Bulls on Tap. We're back. I'm your boy, Buzz, and I'm joined by my dude, Keith Franz, a.k.a. Bull Scripted, and we're here to talk about Media Day and, you know, preview this season coming up, man. Keith, it's been a long layoff that we've had, my friend. How are you doing?
0: Um, I'm pretty fucking stoked. We have a week until the Bulls' first preseason game against the Milwaukee Bucks, and I am just ready to watch some Bulls basketball. Uh, even being hungover today after letting the whiskey win from watching the uh, Bears kick the Vikings' ass, <laughs> um, you know, I was. I- I'm just excited for the season to start. I hate the NBA off season. The stuff that happens in the off season is fun, but I I hate the wait.
1: Yeah, the wait the wait is absolutely terrible. I'm with you on that couple of house cleaning things real quick. Be sure you're going to ONTAPSportsNet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. If you're listening to this podcast and driving, don't do what I'm doing right now. But if you're not, make sure you go grab a beer and crack them. So we're going to get into this, man. We're going to start this off. It's been a long layoff for us. Uh, You know, we did the off-season acquisitions. Um, We talked about what we'd like to see heading into training camp and what we wanted to see in summer league. We took our little layoff and now we're relaunching the right way. So let's get right into it, man. The Boylan, Pax, and Gar press conference that started off media day. What were your thoughts on it, dude?
0: Um, you know, I thought it was somewhat funny how uh, Jim kind of like got into tears. Um, but he does care. Uh, his favorite word was involving balls. Uh, that was kind <laughs> of humorous. He was, he was very impressed with how Gar juggled the balls. And, uh, then he also talked about how this team just has a bunch of ballers and I don't know. It got me pretty jacked and juiced. And, um, you know, I think the product that they're pushing this year is actually, you can buy it when they talk playoffs. Um, you know, you can see the young talent and the veteran acquisitions, I think, uh, in the East it's a legitimate consideration. Oh, absolutely. So,
1: my takeaway from the the press conference when they were all sitting together, it, it was just, I don't buy Paxson all the time. So if you're a new listener to this podcast, which is, I think this is the fourth episode, but you know, so we're relatively new as well. But if you're new to either Keith or myself on our Bulls takes, I've never been a Gar Foreman nor a John Paxson hater. I always felt like they tried to put a winning culture out there, and it just kind of never worked out. But this lane that they picked, I totally wanted them to do this, and I'm I'm very happy. That they chose to do so, but um, you know I, everything that Paxson said. You know this this is the year I want to see people step up, and you know that. And he dropped Zach and Lowry by name. He wants to see those guys step up and take that next step and make it happen. And everything that they said in there was just fantastic in my mind. Yeah, that was you know I got to catch all of that press conference with those three, and you know between Boylan, who I think is going to implement a very good system here. He wants to play fast. He likes the fact that his team has multiple ball handlers, not just one guy who's going to be bringing it up and down the court. It's going to be innovative. To
0: the fact balls, man. Boylan's all about the balls.
1: He's all about the balls, man. He wants the balls spread around,
0: and he wants Multiple ball handlers. Just juggle them balls.
1: Juggling them balls all day. And hopefully draining some goddamn threes, too, because we know we need to get better at that. But everything that he said... You know, I, I was on board for it. it made me want to run through a wall. There was one thing Boylan said that I thought was a little crazy. I want to get your opinion on since we're in this uh, in this topic of conversation. Jim Boylan says as hard as it is to believe, I think Zach Levine has taken his athleticism to the next level. What the fuck does that mean?
0: Um, I don't know. Maybe Zach became a cyborg because I don't really know how much more athletic you can get than some of the things that I've seen from Zach Levine. Uh, But if it is possible, or maybe his conditioning is just better so he's able to use his burst more consistently, um, I wouldn't be disappointed. No, absolutely,
1: man. When he said that, I was just kind of thinking in my head. I was like, I didn't think his bounce or anything like that got any better. Dude jumps out of the gym already, but it's the exact same thing. His stamina, his conditioning out on the floor and just looking. I mean, you saw his workout uh, uh, regimens this year. I mean, you put it on your Twitter constantly. Um, If you don't follow Keith on Twitter, it's at Bulls Scripted, so be sure to follow that for great Bulls takes, by the way. But he was working his ass off, and he was doing a lot of innovative workouts too, stuff that I haven't seen players do, you know. So, uh, damn, man, I'm all ready for that. (laughs) I'm ready for a more athletic Zach Levine who's got a chip on his shoulder from not making an All-Star game last year.
0: No, yeah, Zach and his dad have a very strategic You know workouts that kind of prepare his body for the unexpected hits and steps that you take as a basketball player, uh, especially with the style of play that Zach has, being a very quick and elusive, uh, you know, attacking, slashing kind of player. So uh, I think his approach to the off season is always really cool to see because you you can one hundred percent buy in on the stock of Zach Levine because he just he is a worker and he has all the tools to be in that elite caliber tier, which he said specifically today that he wants to be heard in. And obviously every player would like that, but Zach has the realistic chances of achieving that.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And there was some shade thrown on Twitter about why he wasn't an all-star because the Bulls didn't have a good enough record and yada, yada, yada. We've seen all-stars from shitty teams be an all-star before. You know what I mean? I don't understand. His numbers were just as good, and I'm going to name drop him, and I'm not trying to sound like a dick, but I, I feel like it's very comparable is uh, one Donovan Mitchell, you know, and uh, I I saw somebody tweet that. I believe it was from 670, the scorer, who tweeted, that's why you didn't make the All-Star team, and that's just some bullshit if you ask me. But I digress. I digress. Let's get back into this, uh, this opening press conference. One thing that they kept saying is that they were proud of a lot of players, and they were really, really happy and proud that all these players showed up to the September minicamp. That whole roster was there. What do you think about everybody showing up a month before they had to?
0: I mean, I think that's positive. I think a lot more teams do do that than is really talked about. I don't think it's as spectacular as they're making it out to be, but the fact that they were very confident in the progress that they've seen and the fact that everybody did show up so they could start to build on that chemistry a month ahead of time is really important. So it was good to hear, but I do think it was a little overblown and, how great it was! So you thought it was like a little bit over the top, not like a hundred percent like genuine. Oh, I mean, I, I felt it was genuine. I just felt like they were kind of, you know, buffing it up a little bit to be something greater than it was. A, a lot of teams do it. It's great, but I just think it's more common than they were kind of portraying it to be.
1: All right, I feel you. I feel you on that. So in this September mini camp they had, Jim Boylan held a a one on one tourney between positions <laughs> what do you think about that I I think that's awesome and he gave money away to the winner too yeah I, I just as if they need any more but goddamn that's that's crazy and I I, I love the fact that that probably opened up if, if there's a dog on the team you found the dog during that one-on-one tourney I don't know how you feel about that but it's just how I'm kind of picking things up
0: I think any time that you take competitive athletes and you, you know, raise the stakes in a competition, and if it's a one-on-one thing, it's not you and your team, it's you by yourself to bring that kind of competition to uh, mini camp is always a good thing. Um, obviously, a one-on-one tournament, I'm not positive on the exact structure if it was, you know... Probably like 1-11 take...
1: or some shit, make it, take it, you know?
0: Uh, yeah, so, you know, that kind of stuff can be a little misleading it's not the end all be all but just the competitive aspect of it is something that i'd never have a problem with right and i think that this
1: opened up a lot of doors for a lot of players and uh, one chris dunn i think it opened up for right before we hopped on the mic here on bulls on tap i couldn't help myself i i know you know this about me but i'm a chris dunn homer for whatever reason i love that kid and i just really want to see him succeed i don't know if it was his family life that really like remember when that special came out about him last year and they were talking about it like you know talking about his family and stuff like that it really hit me hard and i don't know why i got i got all mushy and shit about it but i love that kid and i love his game he's defensive he's tough he's mean i like that shit so you know, in this off season, with all these rumors about him swirling around, and I saw you putting up fights on on the Twitter sphere as well. You know, people saying, "Oh, they're going to trade him," and you're like, "For what?" Like, you know, <laughs> you know, you're not going to get near the value back. Uh, I I heard that he uh, he had some of that dog mentality in these one on one games, and I, I think that he probably put the other point guards that joined this team this offseason on notice. I don't know about you, but I think I think Chris Dunn's going to be coming to play this year.
0: Uh, that is. Definitely one of Chris Dunn's strong suit is his kind of dog mentality. That doesn't surprise me at all. I did hear that Archie won one of the one-on-one tournaments, which was kind of humorous and shocking to me.
1: <laughs> did he this, really? Where did I miss this at? Yes.
0: Um, I I, forgot, I don't know who tweeted it out, but it was somebody who was actually at Media Day. Oh, so, my God, I
1: found it that fast. Oh. I found it that fast. He did.
0: No, that's So one-on-one one on one. So that kind of <laughs> takes some of the, uh, you know. <laughs> <That> takes some <laughs> of the fire of the- I was of- just
1: spewing away.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, but no, I think Don is going to come in and battle, but he also said that he's, you know, willing to do whatever he's asked. And I think that's the whole mindset on this team currently. You know, Thad's a starting quality player, but he's willing to do what's best for the team. Uh Sato is the same way, you know. I think he should be the starter on day one, but if he's not, he's not gonna have a problem with it. And with his versatility, I'm sure he'll be playing Plenty of minutes. Yeah, exactly.
1: Right. So what do you think about Thad's you know, Thaddeus Young coming over? We did touch on this in episode three when we signed him. But now that you've been reading the reports and you know media day is now come and gone. With the season right around the corner, I mean, what do you think that Thad's you know going to bring to this team? What I see him bringing is, you know, obviously he's been a veteran. He's a veteran. He's been in the league for a minute, and he's bringing some playoff experience. I really think that he can help the young guys, especially young versatile guys such as Chandler Hutchinson or you know, shit Denzel. You know, I think that he could really help those guys in a, in a way as well, and maybe even Lowry Markkinen. So, what do you think that you know Thad brings this, to the team?
0: Uh, I think he brings a similar leadership to Robin Lopez, what he brought, but I think that is a better player, and I also think he's a better leader than Robin Lopez, but he brings that stable voice that kind of keeps everyone on the same page and moving in the same direction, and his part of the press conference was um, fantastic, you know, he pretty much uh, made it clear that he was going to be the leader every teammate that he you know that they interviewed mentioned thad and his leadership um and him and Zach played together in Minnesota, so there's um chemistry there already right Zach looking you know eventually to probably take on a bigger leadership role because that's usually what your best players uh have to become as leaders, so having thad here to kinda you know captain the ship and also you know. Pretty much take Zach under his wing and teach him what it means to be a true leader. I think it's great for the team.
1: Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, I, I really want to see Zach take that jump this year and be the guy. I love Lowry marketing to death, but I, I I think it's Zach. I think that's the guy that needs to do it, and I think that he's definitely up for that challenge. I'm not saying Lowry's not up for the challenge by any means necessary, but there's just something about Zach like that, what do you, what do you call it, like the it factor or whatever. I think he has that, and I think that he's going to end up being the leader and having a couple good vets around that have... You know, uh, some playoff and winning experience in general. It's going to be a good thing with that. Um, so getting into another, you know, topic of conversation here. I, I brought, you know, this guy up before when we were talking about Thaddeus Young. was Chandler Hutchinson. Uh, he's not going to be starting the season with the team, it, it seems like. They're they're being very cautious with him with that hamstring injury. But we did find out that Denzel and Wendell Carter Jr. are 100% ready to go after reports came out last week that Denzel might not be suiting up. But we did get word from John Paxson today that he was 100% ready to go. So what are you looking for from Denzel this year, dude? Like, I'm looking for him to be a good rotational piece, but honestly, I don't know how many minutes he's going to get.
0: With our lack of wing depth, though, we have versatility, and I don't think we really have many players that are under 6'3", 6'4". Right. Uh, I think Archie might be the only 6'3", listed player on our team. So we have a lot of size. But I do think Denzel's spacing and his off-ball playmaking kind of fit what they're trying to do. Uh, they want to space the floor. They want to keep the ball moving. And those are two of Denzel's strong suits. So I know there's a lot of uh, mixed feelings about Denzel Valentine out there in Bulls Nation. And you know most feel that the Bulls wasted a 14th overall pick on him there. But um, his shooting is something that's valued in this league. I don't think he's going to be buddy-heeled. But at the same time... Um, anybody that can shoot, you know, consistently 38 plus percent from the three point line has value in the NBA right now. So I think he will, or he has the potential to play a pretty big role on this team.
1: Well, that's a good thing. I mean, we need, we definitely need the three point shooting. It was somewhere where we struggled last year, like I said earlier in the show and, uh, having the three point shooting, you know, anybody that could do it is needed, definitely, with, especially with all the guys that we have that can break down the defense and get to the rim. So I don't mind having Denzel waiting on the wings for sure. I just don't know how much time they're really going to give him, you know, when everybody kind of gets healthy. And speaking of healthy, Wendell Carter Jr., 100% ready after his surgery in the offseason, and he gained weight. He looks big. Guess he's like got six percent body fat. This guy's ready to go. What are you looking for of like looking out of for uh, Wendell Carter Jr.? What I mean, what do you want to see from him? You know, obviously he's not a huge scorer. I'm hoping to see just defensive stands, less fouls this year, if possible. I know a lot of them weren't his fault. It's hard to bitch and moan about it because you know the NBA and their refs. But hopefully he stays out of foul trouble this year. Does what he did on defense: contest shots, rebound, push the ball out on the break. That's what I'm looking for from him.
0: See, I kind of already expect all those things. I really hope that they expand on his playmaking. I think he's a very underrated playmaker, uh, especially for a big man. Uh, And I also hope that they give him the green light from deep. Having, you know, just five and out spacers on the floor would be really nice. I do think he has the ability. He's shown the flashes. Um so I'd I'd really like to see those things develop a little bit more for him. I know the blocks are going to be there, and hopefully, um, given what he showed last year, he does get some more respect from the referees and there is less foul calls for us. But we got Daniel Gafford uh, coming in as a backup, which I'm really excited for too. So if he's in foul trouble, we we got a couple big men on the bench that I kind of curious to see how they pan out.
1: Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely interested in, uh, in Daniel Gafford. He said today that he wasn't an emotional player, and watching his college footage, I gotta disagree with him a little bit <laughs> because guy was hyped when he made something happen. I wonder if he meant emotional in like a sad way or something. He doesn't get you know he doesn't get emotional on the court. He says, but I, I've seen a lot of clips that you know beg to differ. I'm very excited for Daniel Gafford. I love the way he runs the floor. His offensive game is very limited. And hopefully he's working on that as much as he possibly can. And with the work that they've put in this offseason, I'm sure that he is. But I'm ready to watch Daniel Gafford run the floor, man, and be that big man getting rewarded after a block on the defensive end, getting up to the offensive end and slamming one down. Kid's athletic as hell. I'm excited to see him play.
0: No, yeah, I don't know what he's talking about. Not being emotional, uh, he kind of screams and yells like Boozer and Noah, like a combination of the well, two. Well, dude, I'm and,
1: tell, I'm reading the quote right now. He goes, "I do not look at myself as an emotion, as an emotional player."
0: I, I, I was shocked. I think, I, I think what he's alluding to there is probably that he doesn't let the game impact him. You know, like he doesn't have ups and downs throughout the game. Game, he's just consistent. Right. Uh, uh that's that's what i'd take from that i'm not 100 percent positive on what he was trying to get at but that would be my takeaway uh, because there's no way that he's not saying that he doesn't express himself because all throughout summer league he was just yelling
1: oh he was hyped the whole time i felt like he was like give me that shit joe i'm like whoa i'm having flashbacks but he you know I, i'm very very excited for him we'll bring up the other rookie while we're in on this uh discussion kobe white he uh he got a lot of nods today, man, because there was one quote that really stuck out um, stuck out deep to a lot of people, and this is what Kobe White had discussed when he was asked a question. I want to show everyone that I'm a hard worker and I'm willing to do whatever I need to do to win games. Whatever my role is, I'm here to earn my minutes. Very veteran response there from a 19-year-old dude.
0: No, yeah, Kobe definitely seems to have a really good head on his shoulders, and that is something that I would say is a consistent trend with – the Bulls in this rebuild Lowry Wendell uh, now Kobe and obviously Zach was included in the trade they got a lot of players that they they want to work and I mean that's kind of the consistent message and it's it's good to see that the players are buying in Um, and I'm really excited to see what Kobe can do I think he's a very versatile combo guard Um, he can play really well off ball and he's you know going to have his growing pains in the NBA as a playmaker but I'm uh, I'm ready for the pro- uh, progression
1: Oh absolutely I mean growing pains are you know imminent they're going to happen no matter what but Kobe White, I think, like I said, these two rookies that we got, I understand one's a second round draft pick, and, you know, they're not hits all, a lot of the time, but I like Gafford. I think Gafford's going to be all right. I, I like him a lot, and I like Kobe. I don't know if Kobe's going to, you know, get this shit right off. I, obviously, I know he's not going to get it right off the start. I don't know how long it's going to take for him to develop, but with the two guys that he's going to be playing behind right off the bat, I don't think that does anything but help him. And with him being a little bit of, of a project that he is, I, <laughs> I think he's got a, a couple pretty good teachers there, and I know that you know we haven't seen everything from Chris Dunn, but I do think that Chris Dunn's a very good player. That you know, I truly believe that that can teach this kid. Hey, you know, this is how it's going to be, and this is how we're going to do things, and that's what I'm really excited about. Uh, I want to get to the next. I want to get to the two stars of the team, man. Well, while, while we're talking shit here, I want to get to the two stars of the team: Zach Levine and Lowry Markinen. What did you think about their media day, their press conference, when they were sitting together? What did you think about that teammate vibe that they were sharing, that those two want to be a, i think they were, these were the words out of Zach's mouth, if I believe they want to be a one, like a dominant one-two punch. What did you think about all that?
0: I think that their relationship is something that's really cool to see from the outside because you can just see that they genuinely get along. Um, and when your two-star players get along, good things can happen. Uh, I think they both have a similar mindset. They push each other. Uh, they're accepting of the pressure that's being put on them to take that next step, and I think they want to see success for each other. So uh, I really like their bond, and I'm really excited for their season. I do. I, I would bet that at least one of the two is an all star this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you had like gun to your head, if you're gonna have to choose which one it is, I mean, who who do you think?
0: I uh, see. I'd have to. I think that's a more loaded question than you think. I think the easy answer would be Zach, but I think there is a good amount of guards in the East, so it might be easier to make it as a forward. So maybe Lowry has the deck stacked in his favor a little bit there, but I think the easy answer would be Zach.
1: See, I was going to say Lowry, too, with the forward situation in the Eastern Conference. I think that I think Lowry can be a sneaky pick in there, you know, um, but... I'd love to see both of them make it. I mean, God, I want to. See, Zach's gonna probably be in the dunk contest. You know, it's 2020, or it will be 2020, and it's in Chicago. So, um, which you're coming with me because we have tickets to that. So that's gonna be hey, that, I, that's gonna be a fun weekend.
0: I, I'm looking forward to our date, Buzz. That that sounds fantastic.
1: All I need you to do is buy me a beer, and we're and we're square. But um,
0: <laughs> I, I can manage that.
1: Hell yeah, hell yeah. But um, yeah, I, you know, I'm like. I love the fact that they were sitting together. The guy is like, you're right. The outside-looking-in kind of relationship is cool with these two. like, And it, it kind of blossomed because I really didn't see it a lot. Even in that, if you remember that interview last year. God, who conducted that interview with uh, when it was Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, and Lowry Markin on NBC Sportsnet. You remember what I'm talking about? And they all kept calling themselves the leader of the team. And you kind of saw it was like, oh, it looks like there's a power struggle here. I can't remember who constructed it. Maybe it was Shanowski, I don't remember.
0: um, I think it was Husky.
1: Yeah. Um, You know, it it just seems like a different relationship now between Zach and Lowry after watching their press conference. And honestly, I'm here for this shit. I think these two are going to take a step. I think that these two are going to be in the upper echelon of players in the Eastern Conference that are able to lead their team to a playoff, you know, berth. I mean, that's my honest-to-God opinion. I really think that these two, with the supporting cast that plays behind them, such as Otto Porter Jr., Wendell Carter, uh, Tomas Adaranski, Thad Young. I think there's enough talent on this team, on paper, th- without any glaring injuries, playoff bound, and they're gonna, you know, and they're gonna do it on the backs of Lowry and Zach. And I'm, I'm very excited for it. I'm here for it.
0: No, I mean, I think when you look at the East, probably six through eight is gonna be a really big battle. Um, but I fully expect the Bulls to be playing meaningful games at the end of the season. Uh, fighting for one of those last playoff spots and then hopefully we get a competitive series at least out of them and you know we take that and we run with it and we head into the off season, and then we go into the year two which will probably be the majority of this core that's here currently um and i, I am i'm really excited for the future i think zach and lowry both uh have the potential to be one of the tops in each of their positions um And that's not just me being a homer. I think Lowry uh, is very just his fluidity for a seven footer, his versatility and his jump shot. Just that's not something that you see from somebody that big very often. And obviously his athleticism and his shot making ability just, you know, pop off the screen. So I'm really, really excited for this season.
1: Absolutely. If your final season expectations, obviously we're going to be doing on taps after every Bulls game, this shit's going to happen no matter what. This is what we signed up to do. We're going to be here all the time. We're going to have another episode before the regular season starts, probably multiple of them, but just the fact that we're here, it's after media day, your blood's pumping. Your final season expectations, what do you think it looks like?
0: Uh, I'm going to go, go a little bold here and
1: uh see this okay before you finish this is very surprising for him to go bold so i just want everybody to know that you are pretty much one of the most realist dudes when it comes to this shit that i've ever met like you know me i'll say the bears are going to go 16 and 0 and the bulls are going to go 82 and 0 and if people fight me on it i tell them to fuck off you know so i i just want to throw that out there about you always have realistic expectations so that's why when you said bold i'm i'm all here for that now too
0: we're gonna turn off the injuries like this is two K and uh we're gonna go with <laughs> forty four and thirty eight. Um that's that's my my somewhat bold prediction. I I don't think they're gonna get past maybe a six seed, but I do think that they will be above five hundred. I like it. See I I
1: have it written on my phone here, Keith. Can you guess what my record at the end of the year would be?
0: 42
1: and 40 no i i picked 45 and
0: 37 okay so okay.
1: we're we're kind of right there that's what i that's what i got written down on my phone so in my little notes i picked 45 and 37 to end the year so we're not too far off here i i do i have a lot of optimism for the team and where we sit right now i'm i'm, I'm really thinking that if you know barring any major injury that this team does something special and you know Regardless, I know they have to go up against you know, you know you have Milwaukee, you still have Philly, you know you have you have tough teams still around here. It's not it's not going to be a cakewalk by any means necessary, but I think that the Bulls are going to be here for it. Their young players are getting older, they're getting more skilled, they're getting bigger. It's time to you know it's time to shine, and I feel like now is the time to shine. And if you are still with us, you are with us through our technical difficulties, thanks to the internet. Anyway. We had our season predictions. Keith said at forty-four and thirty-eight. I said at forty-five and thirty-seven. I think it's going to be one hell of a year. But I'm going to lead us out. Keith, tell everybody where you could they could find you at on Twitter.
0: Uh, at Bulls Scripted, just one s. Um, yeah, that's that's about it.
1: Fantastic. You can find me at Buzz You can uh, follow at on Sportsnet and follow at Bulls on Tap. That is Keith and I's podcast that we're starting up this year, nice and fresh. This is episode four, we'll going all throughout the season, guys, so be hitting us up on our Twitters, be hitting us up on the Bulls on Tap Twitter. We've got some fun giveaways planned for this year, so be sure you're checking us out, sharing in the shit, and, uh, yeah, that's all I got, man. So be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature needs, and, Keith, I'll be talking to you next week after the first preseason game, my friend.
0: Sounds good to me, boss. All right, later. Ladies. Kids oh, in Chicago, Chicago.